top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. You it's more already know. I think that's how it always goes. Like 45 minutes, and we were at like Chelsea. What are we doing? Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. What? is going on welcome back to top bins world cup edition world cup final edition we got our team set we got the bracket completely set only two games left in this tournament we're gonna break down everywhere we've been since last week and uh, and preview a little bit at the weekend i'm your host matt joined by my co-host dom dom how are you this evening Ooh, uh Feeling good right now, man. Feeling good. Uh, excited. Exciting game that we had today, uh, which was uh, Wednesday, right? So uh, whenever you guys are listening to this, France played uh, Morocco today. So uh, had that on while I was in my department meeting after school today. So, you know, priorities. Yeah, uh, I think I think you and a lot of other people <laughs> we're, we're doing that today. Uh, yes, uh, friends, ending the 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 dreams of, of Morocco. First African team to make it to the semifinals could have also been the first African team to make it to a final. Um, that ended in the semi today. Not without a little bit of noise, though. Uh, Morocco definitely played well in that game. France just you know had those individual moments of quality that we've seen so often over the course of this tournament, and uh, that's what prevailed today. It's what we saw them beat England with as well. You know, those mm -hmm. individual moments that just uh, provided the brilliance that England were not able to match. Um, Harry Kane missing a crucial penalty that could have uh, tied it up and, and perhaps sent it to extra time. Um, I was, I was, you know, obviously I picked England to go through that game, so I was a little frustrated there, but it is what it is. We have France-Argentina. Uh, honestly, I, I think both semifinal games, especially Argentina versus Croatia, it felt like at halftime it was over. And I think after France scored uh, 10 minutes into the game, it felt like it was always going to be very challenging for Morocco to find themselves back in it uh, because that just plays so well into France's hands, right? They, they love to have space mm -hmm. and they love to be able to kind of let the other opponent have the ball a little bit, right? And and be able to break on the counter because they have not just speed, but, but great creativity in the final third. Um, so it felt like... Both semifinals had some intrigue to them, but it just felt like, honestly, uh, you know, especially after the, the first goals went in, it, it really felt like it was only going one way, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, uh, shout out to Morocco, man. They, they just played some really good football the entire tournament. They've made it tough for other teams. 
uh, to play well. I think they expose some things about France, which make me worry for their success come the final. Um, I think that a lot of weaknesses, France has shown some of their weaknesses as they've progressed through these knockout stages. And I think that each team has kind of shown some of those, but France has just shown a way to overcome any team that tries to uh, counter what they think is France's strong suit. Uh, we saw it with England when they kind of overloaded the side with Mbappe and it opened up for everybody else, uh, which led to the true of many goal. Uh, we saw it today against Morocco. Um, but they just have a way to overcome. I mean, they're so deep. Like, if you name the players that you would normally see playing for France that aren't at the World Cup currently, and they're in the final with the team that they have, I mean, credit to France, man. They're, they're just so, so deep. And I think that that's an extremely, extremely valuable thing for a tournament like the World Cup, uh, where you're playing so many games in such a short amount of time. Um, I'm excited to see them in the final. Uh, they could be uh, the first team in a long, long time to to back to back World Cup. So uh, that could that could be quite the storyline, Matt. If if that is to happen. Yeah, um, France, you know, too. I, I think coming in the tournament had some injury problems. You know, Conte, Pogba not available for World Cup. Benzema gets uh, injured in training right before the World Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, and it felt like. You know, maybe the needle was pointing the opposite direction for them. Luca Hernandez in the first game, like 20 minutes in, tears his ACL, and Teo Hernandez comes in. That felt to me at the time and still has, as we saw today, where he scores in the semifinal. Um, a bit of uh, sometimes you're an injury away from getting, you know, the, the best players on the field or having the right makeup. I think, again, Teo Hernandez, nearly the complete villain for this French team, of course, because he has an absolutely one of the most dumbest penalties I think I've ever seen given away by a player, especially given the circumstances and the context and the stage. Um, it was just an absolutely brain dead challenge that gave England the chance to tie it at two, two in that game. Uh, and again, obviously Kane misses the penalty, but he got really bailed out by that because I actually think of England score there. That might even win that in, in regular time, just because I think the momentum is so much in their favor. Um, but you know, outside of that, he's had a, a pretty good tournament. Um, yeah, France has, has, has tons of talent. I think, um, you know, that's that's going to be the big thing is, is, you know, Messi's obviously had a great World Cup, but I think Mbappe's actually been the best player I've seen at this tournament. He's just been on another level. Uh, he doesn't get any credits for, for goal creation today, but he, he very much does on France's second because he beats players with just a, an incredible piece of skill and, and close control, has a shot deflected, it falls into a path, and, and France got their second today. So he's been electric. Um, it's probably, yeah, just – it's sort of uh, – it's, I think in some ways the storyline and the narrative for this game is really fascinating because you have Messi and you have Mbappe, right? And Messi very much at the other end of, of the stage of his career. Uh, he's, had, in fact, uh, apparently said that Sunday is going to be his last World Cup match no matter what. Um, you know, he's at least, it seems like, probably retiring, you know, if not from international duty this year, you know, it doesn't seem like maybe he has too many years left of international duty. Maybe he even doesn't have that many years of, of his professional career left either. Because no. he's 35. Um, Apparently and, making a move to the MLS. We'll see. Uh, but <laughs> Mbappe, you know, is, is very much at the beginning stages of his career still, right? I mean, he's been around since his breakout was, you know, the 16-17 the, the season. He's 23. Uh, 
Right, but he you know, he made that breakout as a very young player, uh, very young player at his you know his first World Cup, winning the World Cup and being a key part of that team. In fact, these teams met at the 2018 World Cup, and it was a fantastic knockout game. It finished four three France, obviously, because they ended up going to win the tournament. But um, there's a lot of back and forth in the game. Some great goals scored in that game too. Uh, some of the best, game. some of the best goals uh, of the tournament. Yeah, the Aguero late goal and, and a ton of drama in the final minutes of the match. So if we get something like that for the final again, that would be obviously very exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have like these two superstars. Again, you know, Messi for me is the best player I've ever seen personally. But Mbappe, you know, I, I'm not saying he's going to end up like Messi, but it's also like I have not been this impressed with a young player since Messi at that age, you know, he is just on a uh, on a different kind of path, a different kind of level from most other players. It, it's absolutely ridiculous watching Mbappe play. Like, it doesn't matter how much football you watch, and you and you watch like top quality, like high quality players, you know, some of the best in the world. But when you watch Mbappe, there's just something special that you can see like in him that you don't see in every player. I think the last when it when when we think of like recent times, I think. The last time we saw a player this electric was when Neymar was young, coming from Santos uh, and and making the move to to Europe. But I mean, I agree with you. Like when 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 you're talking about just pure special players, uh, we haven't seen a player like this since Messi. Uh, Mbappe is just <sighs> to think he did what he did in the 2018 World Cup at 19 years old. And, and four years later now, he's, you know, kind of, I, I don't want to say carrying France because, you know, credit to guys like Olivier Giroud, who is, is you know, the second highest scorer for France right now in, in this World Cup tied. Well, I don't think now tied with Messi for goals, I think. Right. Or are they still tied? Uh, fact check me on that. But I believe uh, Messi has more goals than Giroud. Um, and it also goes without uh, credit for or. I can't not get credit to uh, Antoine Griezmann and how he's played for France, um, playing in that kind of number number ten role for them, and and he's played very very well. Uh, not always on the stat sheet, but you know doing the right things to to set up a lot of the plays that that end up with with goals for France. So uh, I'm pretty sure that it was his involvement that led to the first goal, anyway. Correct. We're talking about Griezmann. Yeah. 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 Right. So, uh, I think I think he's he's super vital to their success. Um, yeah. So right now the top scorers, uh, Mbappe and Messi, both with five. You know we can see that settled in the final. Julie, Julian Alvarez with four, uh, kind of coming out of nowhere. Aguero two point oh. I made the wrong bet on the wrong Argentinian attacker. I bet on Lautaro Martinez. That sucks. Um, <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> Uh, not great. Well, you know, he could still have the most insane final ever and and make it happen. Uh, and Olivier Giroud on, uh, on four goals as well. Those are your, uh, those are your possibilities. So there's really no one in the third place game either that could, like, snake it unless uh, Kramerich has just uh, an insane game. He, he's on two goals. But, yeah, I, I just don't really see that happening. So, um, yeah, it's it's exciting. What 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 worries me about France is you saw in the England game that that top quality wing play can kind of leave get like leave France um, kind of 
going into kind of desperation tackles that their positioning wasn't always uh, solid when, you know, a guy like Bukayo Saka was darting down the side and cutting in. Um, depending on where they play Messi, depending on who's on the wings for Argentina, I, you know, they've got some guys that can play, that can be pretty creative out wide and can cut inside. And I think that if they get into the dangerous areas in and around the box, the way that France has been going in the tackles, you talked about Teo's challenge earlier. Um, I think that that's something that can give Argentina a slight advantage, uh, but also can turn this game into a big back and forth, just counterattack after counterattack, real like, you know, electric football being played. And, and that can lead to a final for the ages. You know, I think you said last week, right? This is this seems like one of those World Cups that we'll be telling our children about, like, for years when, when, when they get older. And, you know, to say that, you know, we saw uh, kind of Cristiano Ronaldo bow out and then, you know, Mbappe kind of is, is kind of now taking his place as that, you know, young superstar, the next quote-unquote greatest to play the game. And, and, and he's going against the greatest player to ever, you know, play the game. It, it's, it's really, really special. So um, you know where my heart lies with this. <laughs> yeah. uh, so... I, I want Messi to bow out, man. I want I want him to bow out on, on top and, and you know, kind of cement that legacy of just, you know, it's the one thing that's evaded me. I've gotten it. It's my time. You know, I, I just I would say, I would say most neutral fans probably feel the same way. I feel the same way. I would I would very much like to see Messi win the World Cup. Um you know, I, I think he, for me again, he's just the best player I've ever seen play, and and you know, I, I obviously can't speak to a lot of the the previous greats, but I just have a hard time believing that he's not the best player to ever do it. And I think uh, you know to to have the opportunity again, you know, it felt like twenty fourteen was was really his opportunity to get it, and and it just you know obviously finals are that way. It's it's one game, and, and anything can happen within it, and you just get beat by a moment of brilliance, and and that's it. You know, you're only one player you can only influence so much, um, even though Messi can influence pretty much everything. There's just not a phase of the game that I don't think Messi has not been, not just graded, like truly the best in the world at. You know, for for the longest, I, I you know maybe not as much anymore, but finishing right like this is a guy that's just finishing chances, just an unreal level in in just the simplest or, or cleanest ways possible. That it, it just made made those chips make look so easy that are just not easy at all. Um, passing, I think he still is one of the best passers in the world, but certainly at his peak was, you know, if it wasn't for some of his teammates in Barcelona like Xavi and Iniesta, was probably the best passer in the world. Dribbling, I mean, the dude still has just insane close control. It's just. It's unbelievable. He's just such a he's such a unique player that I I can imagine in my lifetime I might see another Cristiano Ronaldo. And I know that the debate always goes between these two players, and it just is what it is. But I can imagine in my lifetime we'll see another Cristiano Ronaldo. In fact, he might be seeing someone similar in Erling Haaland, right? Where it's just this like clearly physically dominant, incredible instinct and and ability to just get the goals, right? Just knows knows all the spots to be in, but just does not have that like completely rounded out a game like Messi has. Like Messi to me is just like, I, I, I just have a hard time believing that I'll, that I'll see another Messi in my lifetime. I, I really do. Um, and it's just, it would feel very good to me to see him wrap it up with a World Cup, right? And and 
sort of uh, that this be the end of his like Argentina career. And then, you know, it, it's, it's that kind of that crowning moment for him because really there's there's nothing else to win at that point. Mm-hmm. I also just feel like French winning game would be a little bit boring. I felt this <laughs> when we got to the quarterfinals. I was like, damn, you know, it's kind of exciting. Like any one of these teams, I think it would be cool. Except France, like, you know, it's just, I don't know. Like it'd be cool to see Mbappe win two World Cups at his age. Don't get me wrong. I, I think that'd be great. And then, you know, yeah, the conversation about him potentially winning a third, you know, like at something like, and then you, you start getting into real rarefied air that way. So that that's that's kind of yeah. the only cool part of it for me. Just in general, I have nothing against this France team. It's not like I have any bias or vendetta against them. In fact, I'd love to see Kanate, you know, potentially win a World Cup. That would be cool. It's always nice when a Liverpool player is involved in this way. But I also just like, it's a little hard to want to be picking France over Argentina uh, on a sentimental value, at least. Yeah, I feel that same way, right? I, I would love to see Taylor Hernandez win his first World Cup. I would love to see Olivier Giroud get his second World Cup, right? These are these are these are my guys right here. We're talking about, but uh, man, it's, it's Messi. Just I, w- I would love for it. It's 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 the great. I have. I don't have the proper words to to describe, you know, this guy and, and what he's done, you know, since I became a fan of the game and started watching football a lot more closely. And and you know, you talk about his his touch close, his his close or sorry, excuse me, his close control. Uh, that goal against Athletic Bilbao kind of stands out, right? He's dribbling through six, seven guys all at the same time. It just comes out on the other end of the ball. And, and that he just simply just he makes it look so easy at the top level where he just simply just hits it. Do you know it. how mean <laughs> I can be right now? You know, I think one of my favorite goals by Messi ever was uh, was that goal against Milan in the comeback in the, uh, the Champions League. Uh, just beautifully curled into the top corner, just with authority. I just think. Uh, are you talking with me? The game, are you talking with the game that Pato set like the record for the fastest goal scored in in, <laughs> in Champions League history? Talking about that game, yeah. Um, I mean, um, we could do. I, th- I think we could honestly do a whole podcast on Messi alone. You know, like I just think he's he's just that type of player where I think everyone is who's you know, and again too, like we're of an age where we grew up with Messi. Like you know, like the, yeah. he was the player for us even when we were like really watching it week in and week out, just starting right. Like, and then you know, it, we just again, you know, we, like for me and I'm sure it's the same for you, we very vividly remember those Real Madrid-Barcelona Clasicos, and, and those were just the two best teams in the world at the time. With the ass, like, truly, like, I don't know that we'll ever get moments close. I think the only thing we've gotten close to in recent times has been some of those Liverpool-Man City ones, but I don't think they've had the star power that those have had. I think those teams We're, we're, are- we're talking about two teams that, that filled up the FIFA Best Eleven of the world for right. like back to back to back to back years, the only player that wasn't on Real Madrid or Barcelona was like Manuel Neuer. That was it. Right. So that that is the level that we're talking about right here. Yeah, I you know I, I, again I, I think Liverpool and City have gotten close just in terms of like the quality of the team, but as far as individual players, I you know I, I don't think it's gotten to to those levels. Um, and I, I just again I don't know the way ever will because you have already what is a bit of rivalry with two of the best players on the planet at the time. And Messi's, uh, for me, the best player I've ever seen. And Ronaldo's one of the best players I've ever seen too. You know, like, uh, I, I don't I don't want to diminish you know, his entire career, right? Just because Messi's better, Messi. you know, like- It's a Messi I, podcast. I, <laughs> I mean, it is. I, I And I'm, you know, 
I've always been a, a, a Messi over Ronaldo truther just because I, again, <laughs> I, I think it's hard not to be. Um, I think also like personality wise and uh, off the field things. Why? Although Messi's not exactly an angel, uh, Mister Mister Saudi Arabia money and, and tax evasion. But um, you know, I, I just I think again, you like for me, Messi's just I, it's 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 hard to pick anyone else. It, it, I, it's hard to pick the, uh, pick anyone else. The point you make again uh, about Mbappe being in the potential conversation, especially if France wins to be a player to win three World Cups. We're getting to Pele level like greatness if, if, if that's to happen. That's that that's kind of crazy. I mean, at, at, however, we're, we're talking about Messi. Basically, we're saying Messi is, has surpassed Pele. All right, is this something that we yeah, agree I mean, on? Pele like, is like a, an icon of the game, right? Like, But, you know, it's, it's very hard, and, and this is with every sport. Paley's best years were like in the sixties and seventies, right? Which is just on its own is already just such a different time. That is not to say that if Pele were playing today, that he would be like, you know, a replacement level player. He'd be very average, but it's just, it's hard to compare. Like the, the level of competition that Pele was facing was not anywhere close to, to what players are, are facing today and the rigor that they're facing today. Now Pele would obviously benefit from all the things that we have now too, right? The increased nutrition, better, you know, fitness uh, routines and all that. Like better technologies in general. Totally. Like it but I for me, like I'm sorry. Like I I, I just think it's completely different what Messi has done throughout his career, which, which which has been definitively against the best players in the world, the best competition for the last fifteen years. No. I you know, it's just hard to make that comparison. I, I also like some of the the younger players amongst both of these teams that can ma- start making a name for themselves in world football. You know, most notably Julian Alvarez, who, you know, had a brace against Croatia. He's he's playing pretty well for City as well. I just called him Aguero 2.0, basically. Like the kid, the kid seems to have it, and and he's he's one of those players that, although, you know. Uh, he has already made that big move to a top club. You know, there are some other players. Uh, if, if we're just talking about these four semifinal teams, right? These four semifinal teams. Who are some of the younger players or, or players that you think kind of made themselves uh, a name for potential transfers either over this winter or over the summer? And, you know, I'm not talking about like like bigger name, younger guys like, Hakim Ziyech, right? He's in the rumor mill again. So I'm, I don't mean those guys. Like, I'm you talking about Ziyech a guy. young because uh, he'll he's appreciate not, that. But. <laughs> he's not. But, uh, like, for example, like a, like a Joseph Guardiola, right? This, Guardiola this is, is the, the clear number one guy that I think has, has – this World Cup did a lot for his stock. He was already going to be very expensive to begin with. But um, – yeah. There's no way Leipzig is, is letting him go for for any uh, any amount below like 100 million at this point. Um, he's had a, a great point. I would say Real Madrid. I'm sure is very happy that Chuameni is already uh, at Real Madrid because uh, he's had a very good yeah. tournament. He's looked very good at that midfield. Uh, I've been I've been really really impressed with him. Um, yeah, it's 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 hard to say uh, because honestly, a lot of the guys that have caught the eye are established players, you know, or these young players that have already made that big move like Julian Alvarez right if he's not at Man City this past summer is certainly a name that I think people are talking about Enzo Fernandez is someone in Argentina that's getting a lot of buzz now he's mm-hmm. obviously played very well in the midfield there still 21 years old I could totally see 
uh, teams uh, you know, lining up for him. In fact, they they apparently already are. Um, you know, for this this January window. Um, yeah, it's. I know Naif Azure for for Morocco moved to West Ham. I, I remember we profiled him when he moved. He got injured early on the season, and then. I had a pretty good World Cup again. I know he struggled with injury through the World Cup at moments, but uh, if I'm West Ham, I, I'm I'm looking forward to getting him back and and seeing how uh, he gets along. Um, Amrabat from Morocco, I know has caught a lot of teams' eyes. Um, and he's been rumored with your team. Yes, but he, he's his agent said that he's actually like really happy at Fiorentina and they took a chance on him and that they're going to show some loyalty. So you know we'll, we'll see how that uh, how that turns out, but. Yeah, I, I think largely speaking, though, um, for like breakout stars, at least up to the semifinals, most the only other like big big name that I think is clearly like had a great World Cup and is clearly moving within the next year is Jude Bellingham. You know, like that's the only other name that I I can think of related to that got in the later stages of the tournament. That's like yeah, like you know he's he's going to be making a big move and and it's going to be you know he's going to be a player you're hearing about for the next ten years. Yeah, any guys from the U.S. Musa definitely could, uh, you know, he's been rumored. He was rumored with Liverpool before the World Cup, and I, I've seen those links uh, pop up again. Um, I would not, you know, for whatever reason, we haven't even covered this actually, but Juventus' whole board resigned uh, because we've obviously had the World Cup. <laughs> um, I completely forgot about that. Right. Most of us did because we've just been in the throes of all this. But uh, Weston McKenney, you know, was already kind of rumored to be out the door with Juventus, which I, I don't fully understand because I think he's – a capable midfielder, but you know, could be someone that uh, people like. Pulisic has been kind of up for sale for the last like eighteen months. Um, you're doing your Jack Nicholson uh, sicko mode. Yes, uh, yes, bring McKinney over. Um, yeah, I, I think there's there's quite a few U.S. players. I know Anthony Robinson too. I think has been rumored to mm-hmm. to a few places. Um, He's been rumored with Milan. Yeah, I you know I, I think there's quite a few of those those U.S. guys that might get uh, some rumors, some looks along the way. But I just think, yeah, I, it, it's hard to say. Like, you know, when, because we've also never had a World Cup in this situation. We're, we're going through January, January yeah. window, which has historically just not been a very active window, you know, whereas the summer very much is. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it, it shapes up in, like, post-World Cup in terms of transfers. Um, looking ahead to the final, can I just bring this yeah, up just to make Because I wanted to say this as well. Um, I just didn't want to interrupt you. Um, Kyle left a comment saying, uh, is Pele like the the Bill Russell when it comes to all-time great combo for soccer? I was going to say uh, Will Chamberlain, right? Uh, a lot of my students nowadays, I'm talking basketball with them, and, and you know they say, oh, you know, did Will really score 100 points? And I'm like, they're official NBA like scorebooks that say yes. Uh, it, this did happen, but then they're saying like, "Oh, he's playing against like, like Johnny who just got off his his nine to five plumbing shift, and you know he's coming to play basketball, and and, and so you know like th- that kind of conversation it seems to be said around Pele as well when you're talking about his prime years and what and what they were doing. It, it was actually kind of crazy because like clubs like Santos or or, or uh, uh, you know, you, you hear this with Garincha, I forget where he played, but, um, you know, they would go on tours around the world. They didn't, like, play in a league almost. They were playing, like, the top 
teams from around the world that they could schedule games with during their seasons and kind of just did this whole world tour type deal. Um, so it's not like he's playing slouch Brazilians, you know, in the fifties and sixties, he's playing established professional football teams, but again, fifties and sixties. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that's a pretty accurate comparison. Bill, Bill Russell's a good one too, because you like, no one's ever going to touch Bill Russell's uh, rings record. I would be you know, like, I know we're talking about Mbappe, but you know, <laughs> Pele has the most World Cups with three. It, Mbappe could like, there's there's absolutely Good. no doubt, but it's just like, first of all, you have to, he'd have to win this one, you know, like because I I don't know that in 2026 and 2030 that he's having to make it. You also have to avoid injury, you know, like you you can just get very unlucky, and you might be a very healthy player for most of your career, but if you just miss a week. There's your World Cup hopes going. Like the, the World Cup is just such a a balance. Like it's so tricky, and you just it, 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 everything like not everything, but so many things have to go right for you. Not to say that there's it's lucky to win a World Cup, but you just things have to break the right way. And some like it can just be so easy with such like few amount of games and such like high variance and like high quality that you're playing, especially in the later stages, that it just goes it just goes wrong for you. Um, so yeah, I think I think it would be very hard for me now. Of course, if, if Mbappe and, and France wins on Sunday, then then you're on. Then you know you would imagine Mbappe is at the next two World Cups, and France do not seem like a nation that is going to just all of a sudden stop producing top talents and and not have um, you know a great world. What that would do for Didier Deschamps' legacy as well, by the way, because he's one of the few players already to win as a player and as a manager. Yeah. Um, now you're talking about winning it. Twice, like I, you know, you're talking about you're getting into greatest managers of all time realm kind of deal. You're talking like, about you Zinedine like... Zidane, who's apparently been waiting on this man's downfall to take over the French national team, <laughs> being like the skeleton at the bottom of the ocean meme. You know, it's like, you know, like how long is this man gonna be waiting on the French job? Because yeah. if this dude wins a World Cup, he's not. He's gonna be there in 2026 if he wants to be. I can't wait. I for think the... he probably already is right now. I can't wait for the memes where it when. If eventually Zidane does become the France national team coach, whatever social media platform at the time is going to have that it's been 84 years GIF like just played because like <laughs> if France win this, the shop's going nowhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, already I think he's he's definitely bought himself the next Euros if he wants it. Uh, it, it would be hard. It'd be hard to see. Yeah, I mean, we we have not had a, a back to back. Uh, World Cup finals appearance since Brazil in, in 98 and then 2002. Um, that, you know, it's it's not something I imagine really happening again. I just think because there's so many quality national teams, it can just be hard. Um, and I, I really did not think France were going to be the team to do that exactly. You know, and it just felt like, again, coming into the tournament and then the first week of the tournament with the injuries that you pick up, it kind of just felt like, man, it just feels like it's kind of breaking wrong for them. And it just hasn't. And I think so much of that credit, again, we, we picked out a lot of the other key players. But this, this team has clearly, clearly lived, and I, I can't even say died with because they haven't really died in this tournament, but they, they've lived and thrived with Mbappe's ability. Like, they, he was just yeah. – even when he's not creating the goals himself, the gravity that he has as a player where he is constantly pulling in three, four defenders is just like – you know, the only other person that I see do that with the regularity that Mbappe does is, by the way, his club teammate, 
Lionel Messi. Like, you know, like it's just, it's just kind of insane. You know, like you have these two team up now too for PSG and that has not been an experiment that has gone perfectly. You know, the, their, their goal is obviously much broader than just winning the French league and they have not been able to do that. But um, I do think it's kind of funny you know, too, that like these two guys, again, just at very different stages of their career and they're happy to be teammates now. And it just, it just, it feels very poetic. And it feels like if this is something in a book or a movie, people would kind of roll their eyes at and be like, oh, like, of course, right? Like the guy who has never been able to win at this stage, who is now here, you know, at that very sort of like the, the twilight of his career with the chance to lift the ultimate prize and establish himself as the guy. And then it's like, well, his teammate, the young star who's already won it once and is now looking to establish himself also as the best of all time, right? Like, it's just like, I, I, I mean, come on, you know, like, yeah. what I think without even getting the fact that these are, these have been two of the, the better teams at the tournament. And I, I think it is, it is a final, a, a worthy final, like uh, of a World Cup stage. And not that we've had like 2018 World Cup is also great, but um, it, it really feels like these two teams, like, Man, you know, like, the, I, I honestly think if, if pre-tournament, if you had picked two teams that I think people would have liked to see in a final again, I think this would have been a big matchup for a lot of people. Or, like, they would have, like, winged it so, like, a Brazil-Argentina one would have happened some way. One of them would have had to drop the second in their group for that to be the possibility. But I, I think especially people really wanted Argentina. We both picked Argentina uh, to, to win the World Cup, so that feels nice. But, you know, we from our, our favorites group um, – because even coming in the tournament, they they were playing really well. It's strange because they lose the first game, and but I, it does feel like each game since has been a little bit better. You know, like maybe that that second game they only played great against Mexico for maybe twenty five minutes, and then Poland they they control a little bit more, and then it just they it's they sort of snowballed since then. Each game I felt like I've I've actually liked Argentina's performance just a little bit more, and France, I think of largely not been bothered a ton this tournament you know they haven't had they've had some shaky moments at times which could be exploited and, and we've seen that and I, I think they were really close against england uh, of of red needling a little bit they were in the danger zone quite a bit but they navigated those tough moments and that speaks a lot to their just individual quality too that was like the first time that france actually had to like try this world cup it almost seemed like they were on autopilot throughout the entire like tournament the group stage was like nothing for them the, the the first round knockout stage was like nothing to them. So like they, they've just been on this, you know, kind of coast throughout the tournament. And the first time they actually had to start navigating, you know, tough situations was against England. And then this game today when they played Morocco was not an easy 2-0 win, right? So, so it, it's – they're starting to be challenged, but they're rising to the occasion. Um, you know, Argentina has kind of had this building wave, like tsunami wave of, of form, right? Where, you know, they go on this tear, they win the Copa America. So Messi finally gets his international trophy and, and, but then it, it continues and they qualify for the world cup and they're in the world cup. And, and, you know, even though they've had some shaky performances, it's, it's still built and built and built. And now they've got this big wave of momentum taking them to, to this world cup final. And, and, you know, it's, it's hard not to root for them. Right. It, like 
for, for a multitude of reasons that we've already talked about earlier on the show. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, you talk about depth, they have some attacking depth, but that attacking depth is kind of not lived up to expectation. You know, we mentioned Lautaro Martinez uh, earlier in the show who kind of, you know, has missed some, some easier chances and had his, his opportunities to, to kind of get on the score sheet. And, and even like a guy like Paolo Dybala, who is a top quality player in Italy, yet my guy has not seen a lot of playing time. Again, he's a player coming off of injury still. Um, but, uh, you know, he's kind of like a player when they're kind of coasting at the end of a match, they just bring him in. You know, it's they have that depth where they can kind of switch guys in and out. It's almost like Argentina's been playing like this for like center midfield, midfield, almost like I guess like McAllister is more of like the advanced attacking midfielder, and then like DePaul, uh, Paredes, and Fernandez kind of just stay in the midfield. But uh, they've been playing like a 4 4 2. You know, yeah, they're, they're playing center mids out like, wide. Yeah, like it is, but you know they can bring in guys like Angel Correa or or uh, DiBala. Those guys can play out wide or they can play up front. I mean, you can go to a front three and bring in Lautaro. So they have op- they have like options. You know, I think it speaks a lot to their depth that Angel Di Maria, who's not been able to play a lot of this World Cup because of injury, has not even been a. A, a talking point, you know, like he's not been someone that's like, man, if only they had Di Maria in this game, like they really just have not you know, needed that, you know, like they, and he was a guy that I think for me was, I felt like coming in the tournament a little bit more of an X factor than he's been, you know, and part of that just be been injury, right? And he was struggling mm-hmm. with injury already at Juventus this year, but yeah, I, I think both these teams have like interesting guys to bring off the bench. Um, which, which could obviously make the final interesting too. And I mean, a lot of the finals recently as well have gone to extra time. Um, you know, it, it, uh, 2018 World Cup was the first World Cup in, in three to, to not go to extra time, right? You know, in 2006, you haven't go to penalties, uh, yeah. which is uh, obviously super exciting. And then, yeah, in, in 2010 and 2014, both games settled in, in extra time. Um, a lot of time finals, you know, 2018, there was, there was a good amount of goals and it was exciting. Uh, but that is definitely, I would say, the uh, exception rather than the rule typically – finals no matter what but especially like something like the world cup are a lot cager and a lot more low scoring and usually it's it's a it's it's a one or two goal type of game it's a tactical battle neither it it becomes a a game where teams do not want to lose the final rather than necessarily want to go out and win it um so you know i I think people hoping for the fireworks might be a little disappointed that it could happen of course but just historically the, the World Cup finals are, are not, uh, you know, we're not getting, I, I don't think, like a, a, a 2018 final where we have six goals. You know, I, I would just be a little surprised by that. I, I don't know that we're going to get a re, uh, just like run it back from 2018 between these two teams where it's 4-3, something like, I just, I, I would be a little surprised at that, despite all the attacking talent you have on the field, clearly. Uh, i got a question for you. Now that we're coming up to the end of the World Cup, um, have there been any players that kind of uh, disappointed you during this tournament? 
man, how much time you got? Uh, <laughs> man, I, you know, I, I think I think a player that that disappointed me was Kevin De Bruyne. I, I really felt like um, he's obviously been great for City the last however many, uh, but especially the last two years, I feel like De Bruyne has really kind of evolved as a player, and he was already a great player. I just did not think he had a very strong World Cup, which was disappointing for me. I, I felt like he could have had a, a much better showing. And I think as far as like big stars, I think had, you know, that opportunity to kind of like really establish himself, right? You know, and, and just was not able to do that. Um, yeah, for me, that's that's probably the biggest name that I felt like, man, I just did not see it from him in this tournament. And I was, I was disappointed by that, by the performances and just by the lack of, of output. Mm. Uh, where do you think this now kind of ranks him on like that like all-time midfielders list you know great given that kind of Modric has had you know another run in a world cup and and obviously it's it's bittersweet how maybe his international career is is ending and you know he's another one of these players in the twilight of his career kind of you don't know how many more years he's going to be playing at Real Madrid at this level, even though it seems like he doesn't get old. We've said we're this before. That, we were we've said that, that forever, right? So, like, we're saying that going into 2018, and we've been <laughs> saying it ever since. So, who knows? So, so, do you think that Kevin De Bruyne isn't at that level yet? I it, it's 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 a weird thing to talk about, right? Like, I think Kevin De Bruyne is in a similar tier to Modric. I do. I, I think Modric has obviously ended up with more success and, you know, he's, he's won the Champions League a bunch and, you know, could be, again, finishing in, in third position at the World Cup. He's, he's at least going to finish top four, uh, which is a big achievement. Also, Croatia's in the Nations League final, which wraps up this summer. They're in the semifinal, I should say. Um, so, you know, that's like, obviously not a tournament that we recognize as like a big deal, but it is like, you know, it is something. You know, I think it's because it's new. It's, it's right, it's newer. because it's brand new. But I think as yeah. the years go on, might be something a little more prestigious, you know? Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, you know, for me, like, I still look at De Bruyne and I think, like, he is uh, just one of the best, like, breaking the lines midfielders I think I've ever seen. Modric and him are, are just different. And I think this is the challenging part with midfielders in comparing them is that you can just have completely different roles and, and Modric is not asked to do the same things that De Bruyne is asked to do and, and vice versa. That's true. Um, and I think both could like fill each other's roles in a similar type of way, but I don't know that that's their strengths. Like, I don't know that Modric played it, as advanced as De Bruyne is at times is playing Modric to his best abilities and vice versa, you know, playing De Bruyne maybe a little bit deeper like Modric has, especially in recent years, is maybe necessarily his best role. Like, I just think that they're they're different types of midfielders, but they're both to me like, for me, when I think of just the best midfielders that I've seen in my life, those two will be on my list. Like I will be talking about Kevin De Bruyne and Luka Modric for, you know, probably my whole life. Like you you, you don't know good midfielders till you watch Luka Modric or Kevin De Bruyne. You know, like. So so then I I'm guessing the the pool of similar players that that Modric would be found in then if we're going to talk about you know that top tier. Uh, Andrea Pirlo, Xavi, Gerard, right? Like, like these are like the three. I would say Gerard is more of. in a De Bruyne compared, like mold of player. Like in that, mm-hmm. like Gerard could do a, a little bit of everything. But he's definitely most known for his like getting forward, scoring, you know, whipping in crosses. I don't know that he's like Gerard was never like a tempo type of midfielder. 
like the the red like Iniesta, Modric, Pirlo. Like, these were guys that were really responsible yeah. for like pulling the strings. You know, like Jabi Alonso on Liverpool was that for Steven Gerrard. You know, like and Jabi Alonso, I think gets left out of the conversations a lot too when we talk about you know like the, yeah, the yeah, great yeah, midfielders yeah, yeah. of of our age. Like he's this is a guy that did at Liverpool, Madrid, uh, Bayern. Like he's had quite the. Uh, He's had quite the career, Mr. Chavez. Quite, quite the resume. <laughs> and he's very handsome, too. That always helps. Hey, you ain't looks good in that, the suit. Right? I, <laughs> uh, the only reason I asked that is because um, I saw, like, a thread. It was like, you got to you gotta start one, bench one, sell one. And it was Pirlo, Iniesta, and Modric. Um, I, saw, I, think... I saw your tweet that you sent to me. I, I didn't did. respond to it because I, I saw you, it and then just – what, what do you think about my take, then? Uh, for, for those of you who are listening and, and don't know what I tweeted, I said I would – what did I say? I'd start Modric, I'd bench Pirlo, and I'd sell Iniesta in his prime because Iniesta is going to make my club the most money. And then I'd take that money and build around you know these two other absolutely amazing midfielders. What do you think? I – for me – Iniesta is the best midfielder of those three for me. Oh, um, hands down. I agree. And I would be starting my best player. Um, between benching and selling Modric, I guess you like, I don't think you're thinking about it in the wrong way where you think about just who you're getting the most value for. Um, Pirlo always felt like a little bit of just like an undervalued player. Uh, but I think I would just much rather be bringing on Modric. Rather than Pirlo, maybe it's not the most financially uh, smart decision, right? Maybe I could be making more by selling Modric. But for me, this is more a question of like, essentially, would you rather have Iniesta and Modric or Iniesta and Pirlo? And I think I uh, I would ha- rather have Iniesta and Modric, which is no yeah, disrespect yeah, to Pirlo. Yeah, yeah, great yeah. midfielder, great player. Um, I just think Modric was is probably a tier ahead of him. You know, which, yeah. You know me, though. I, I'm very biased. I know you. I'm very and I biased, and I respect. And, and you, you know, you know what they used to call me when we used to play pro clubs. You know, the, the young. I know Pirlo. what I used to call you, and I'm not going to say it on air. They called me Young Pirlo, right? That, so <laughs> there was a, there was at least one person who called you Young Pirlo. I think it was you. Uh, <laughs> um, before we get out of here, <laughs> let me hear your prediction for Sunday. Who is who is lifting that beautiful, iconic trophy? Two one Argentina extra time winner. Messi scores one, Mbappe scores one, and then I don't know who scores the last one. I think maybe Julian gets a goal. Um, but yeah, I think I think that you know is the cherry on the top for for Messi's career. I, I love the picture that you've painted. Uh, I I want to be there too. So I'm rolling with you. I'm going to say one nil Argentina um, in regular time. I think this one gets settled uh, before going going to uh, the the extra period. Um, listen, we we both picked Argentina at the beginning of this World Cup as one of our favorite picks. You know, we picked a favorite, and then a, a dark horse. We both went with Argentina, um, and you know, I just I got to roll with the team that I picked from the beginning. That, that's just it. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting, though. I think even though, again, like I said. The, the finals are a little bit more cagey than I think people remember them, you know, or, or, or want them to be. I do think these two teams with the quality they have can make this, even if it is zero, zero and 
you know, there, there's not a ton of action, it's going to be exciting still, right? Like, I just think they, they both have that capacity to make even sort of the, the more dull moments in the game a little bit more interesting and engaging. I think it helps, too, that if this French team has, has obviously already been, you know, a large portion of this team has already been at a World Cup and has won a World Cup. And Argentina is going to be led by a guy who has already been to a World Cup final and lost one um, and has been in just about every other high-pressure situation you could possibly be in. Like, that's that's a big moment. And I don't know. I, you know, I, I just think it is hard for me in a one-off game, even though Lionel Messi is not at the absolute peak of his powers anymore, to bet against him. It's just hard for me to do. Don't know how I can do it. Very so hard. I won't. <laughs> we will be back next week, Dom, and you, listener, will be able to hear us and catch us uh, break down the World Cup final, um, eulogize about Messi's career, or uh, cheer about it. You know, like <laughs> celebrate what a, a great moment it was. And guess what, Dom? The What's that? League's back after that, baby. We're <laughs> right back in it. We're right back in it. We're only like a. Like a week and a half away from the Premier League back. We got to wait a little bit for Italy. You know, they're still taking their winter break, of course. Uh, got to respect got to respect the hustle, or I guess lack thereof, uh, but I still wanted to take uh, Natale uh, off. Christmas and, uh, time is, is special over there, you know. And enjoy your, your panettone and wait for La Bafana <laughs> to come and uh, all, all the good stuff about, uh, about Christmas time in Italy. Um, anything to say before we get out of here, though? Uh, number one, uh, we... What is uh it's Top Bin's follower count currently? Do you do you do you know off the top um, of your head? Which, on which platform, Dom? Because you know you can find us on YouTube. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts. You know, like, and you can find us on Twitter, of course. So. Uh, we talk. We we talking Twitter followers then. We want to talk. We're Twitter talking, followers. We're talking seventy five on Twitter, baby. Uh, if if you get us to three hundred. Why don't we do a, a, a podcast specifically for Messi? I call that a deal, baby. I call that a deal. All right. So when we reach 300 followers, we are going to do the Messi podcast um, over here. Uh, also, uh, go to phiapparel.com and use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your order. We have merch, ladies and gentlemen. We have merch. Go support the podcast. Go support your favorite network. Uh, and uh, show us some love. Help us put some food on the table, you know? Uh, my last words, closing, uh, follow me on Twitch. I'm starting to stream a little bit more, uh, twitch.tv slash a hairy ape. Uh, I saw my Twitch recap for this year, and I got motivated to start streaming again. So um, I'm going to do that. And uh, I had two players that disappointed me this World Cup, one of which is on the back of this jersey, uh, and the second one is his uh, compatriot, Gonzalo Ramos, uh, who made a name for himself by uh, infamously benching Cristiano Ronaldo and scoring a hat trick while doing so. But uh, he is now getting the William Saliba treatment because he has had nudes leaked on the Internet. Well done. Well done. That's not his fault. Are you blaming him? <laughs> what are you doing here? Uh, no, I'm not blaming him, but uh, it's just it's just funny. It I felt hadn't... like you were blaming him. I got to say, <laughs> no, um, I I was actually very confused because I saw somebody tweet about hit like mentioning him and relating him to Saliba, and that was 
And I was like, I have to search this now. So I searched it up on Twitter and I saw the video right away. And, and that's now burned into my brain. I thought so. the Saliba scandal was that it was a teammate. that It he was liked. a teammate. Saliba didn't do it himself. It yeah. was a teammate that he kind of panned. When he he was like sitting right next to him, it was really weird. But <laughs> this yeah. one, this one was this one was wild. This you get a <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I, I'm not <laughs> I, this time, you know, and it felt like you're blaming the guy. I think you should. You should no, I'm not. I'm not blaming like, I'm him. Sorry. I'm I'm blaming him for his trust in these hoes. But uh, <laughs> Jesus <Christ>. anyway. <laughs> We gotta end the show. <laughs> yeah, I gave you so many lifelines there. I gave you so many ladders to get out of that water, and you just shoved them away each time. Nah, that's all on you, brother. I'm, I'm uh, we'll be back next week, maybe, depending on if Dom's canceled or not for his uh, <laughs> his regrettable speech. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, everybody. Stay safe.